Welcome to Spill the Char podcast, where you join us, Phoebe, Elsa, Lauren and Joelle on our virtual terrace as we discuss the British Asian female experiences today. We hope we will help, inspire and encourage you. So grab a drink and come join us in today's episode. Welcome back to Spill the Char. Today we have a special guest, John La. We're a big fan of your YouTube and we love your energy so for our listeners who don't know who you are, tell us a bit about yourself. Oh, me? Uh, so, um, I'm John. I, what do I do? <laughs> I'm just a uni student. Um, I do a little bit of YouTube um, and I just <laughs> make content online. <laughs> oh, guys, I don't do this. <laughs> guys, I can't intro myself. This is so embarrassing. What do I do? <laughs> Like, what do you study? Where do you yeah. study? Okay. Where are you from? Okay, hi. Where do you live, uh, you know? Okay, yeah, true, true, true. Okay. Maybe not your postcode, but, you know, y- we get... My area. Okay, so, hi, I'm John. Um, I am a second-year biology student at Loughborough University, um, and I make content online on YouTube and sometimes Instagram. Um, yeah, I'm from South East London. I'm Chinese, born and bred in London, very <laughs> proud Londoner. Nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess like as a British born Chinese guy, like how has growing up here in wait, did you say Southeast London? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. How has growing up here affected your kind of identity or your kind of growth as a person? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I actually love this question because normally when like you hear it from other people, there's always like they always kind of focus on like the negatives. But like I think for the majority of my childhood I've focused like more on the positives and maybe that's maybe that's just the area that I grew up in you know London's quite ethnically diverse in itself um and I was quite privileged to live in an area where there was like a lot of Chinese and Vietnamese people but I felt like the the negatives only arose when my ethnicity was perceived from another person's perspective so whether that be like in school like from teachers um you know, you having to live up to, like, this, like, model minority standard or, like, little things. Like, if I was going to the market with my with my dad, you know, we would get these, like, backhanded, microaggressive comments, you know, racial slurs and stuff like that. But then, as, as negative as that was, I also had really positive experiences. So, like, every Saturday I would go to Chinese school, you know. Um, I lived I lived on top of a Chinese takeaway, so, like being Chinese was very, like, at the forefront. Um, And I think now that I'm at university and I look at other people's experiences, because obviously not everyone's from London, I think, like, I'm in some ways quite privileged because I've had the experiences to grow up, like, and meet a lot of Asians, whereas, like, other people, they've Mm. been the minority in a very large Mm. geographical area. Um, But that's not to say that... And I think that's why I love listening to you guys' podcasts, you know, especially from like Mm -hmm. four no seriously like from four like Chinese women like you guys speak from experiences that definitely translate over to like me being like an Asian guy but I if I was to point out one thing that made my experience more unique is that you're already perceived as like this you know inferior minority that's like more weaker than just from me being Asian but from the fact that like, like I'm not your average guy um so like the fact that I'm an Asian guy is like now I have this like toxic masculinity, you know, mm. compared to, you know, what it means to be like a guy in this in this society, you know, compared to a very Eurocentric model 
of what it means to be a guy. So I think if I was to draw out something, then that would be that. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about that actually, because obviously as Chinese women, we don't have that experience. Obviously we each have our own, um, mm. you know, points that we are, you know, particularly marginalized or oppressed by, for example, like fetishization. I can't say that word, fetishization. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but you know, as a guy and also as an Asian guy, as an East Asian, that's somewhat um, amplified, would you say? Yeah, I guess so. It, I, I, I think it's only brought to my attention when, like, I think when Asian women get, um, get, get fetishized, because as an Asian guy, like, you're not, you're not, I don't know, like, no one liked me in secondary school. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I was like, oh, like, I'm being fetishized. Like, you know, you have yellow feet. When, like, I was never able to experience that because no one, like, do you know what I mean? Everybody liked the, you know, the hot white guy or the hot um, white girl in, in the school. There was always that one kind of really pretty girl that everybody mm. wanted or that one really pretty guy that everybody wanted. So as a, like, Asian, I went to a pretty ethnically diverse secondary school and even then Asians were the minority so we was we was just looked at as like the ones that volunteered on like open day you know we was never like looked at as anything special <laughs> do you know what I mean like you like it was like John are you gonna volunteer like come on I was like but I don't I don't want to like I want a free day so in in some aspects yeah but like now I'm at uni it's kind of <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, you never really know you're being oppressed when someone tells you that you're being oppressed. And it's like, oh, yeah, I am. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm interested to see how, um, to hear from you guys. Like, do you guys have any, like, brothers and sisters or, like, any, like, male, like, cousins? I have a brother. And, like, Because, um, <laughs> like, I feel like my... Because o- <laughs> I feel like my older sister and, like, also my older brother, but also, like... My older sister has had, like, somewhat of, like, an influence in, like, what it means to be, like, an Asian guy. Because, obviously, she's into guys. And, like, my brother is not really the same as me. So, it's, like, it's, like, this comparison, you know, of, like, their Asian guy friends and, like, me and then my Asian friends. And it's, like, everyone's being compared to. And it's, like, well, I don't know who I am. So, I think that's where, like, my identity crisis comes in. Because I don't know who I am. I'm, like, just leading a double life. (laughs) How would you say, like, your uni experience compares to your secondary school experience? Ooh, good question. Not gonna lie, I feel like I know a lot about you just from your YouTube videos. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. um... Massive fan, okay? You sound like stalkers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad, I'm glad. That's exactly what I want to portray on my YouTube as well, because I just want to portray, like, the real, like, experience of, like, what it means to go through. Um, you know, from first year to third year, like your opinions change, you as a person change, um, your out- outlook on, on society and life changes. And especially as like an Asian person going to a very white uni, um, yeah, there, there, there is like challenges um, that you face. Um, just, I don't know, there's so much I could talk about, but I don't know where to start. Um, I, just as, like, caveat, I am probably one of, like, five, like, ethnic minorities, like, on my course. And for a course that's, like, a, you know, a standard subject, like, biology, like, what do you mean? Um, and especially when it comes to, like, I try to think of myself as, like, someone who, who you know, wants to change that. But then when I do want to change that, it's like, mm. well, now I'm being faced with more challenges of wanting to face that. And it's like it's like 
I can't change this by myself. So is there a point in changing it, you know? Um, but in saying that, I, my uni experience has been like massively, you know, eye-opening. I've been able to meet Asians all across the UK and I think that's, that's definitely a privilege um, and a benefit of going to university. Um, people of all ethnic backgrounds, all, all across Asia, um, and e even like home and international students. And for that, I'm like very lucky. And I'm mm. like, hearing from people's experiences um, is being a, like a real privilege. But again, it's about coming together. So basically what I'm trying to say is that we have this society at, or at um, Loughborough called Orient Society, um, where we want to bring all the Asians together and like hear mm. other people's stories and just chill out and whatever, you know? But making that society was a challenge in itself because we was asking a predominantly yeah. white university to, you know, allow Asians to socialise together, which you would think is quite normal, but to them, it was like a big deal. Um, so yeah, that, that's in there. So in, in, in that aspect, it was very um, different to my secondary school because my secondary school, we was just, you know, we was just that, that ethnic group that was quiet mm -hmm. in the corner. Did that. you get like culture shock? going from London to Loughborough because you said it was very white and like I think I did I don't know about the rest of you but um going from Watford which is very diverse um to Bath which is again very white <laughs> um was mm. almost it was very strange I I realized that I'd taken you know growing up in an ethnically diverse area very much for granted and I'd never felt so unwhite in my life until I stepped foot in Bath and I was like oh right so where are all the uh <laughs> the people of color here like where where is everyone yeah. right it was so, i don't know i don't know tell us about that <laughs> how you met all you know your asian friends that you now brought together kind of thing yeah so i th so the fact that i i went to uni outside of london was a, like a like a choice on my own and i knew what i was getting into you know obviously london is like a melting pot of of um, people from all across the world. So like the fact that I'm going to this small town called Loughborough, which I never heard of before <laughs> the university, um, it was it was like, it was to be expected, right? But what wasn't to be expected um, is the response that I got from other people. And it's like, oh, like, you know, like, why are you here? And it's like, also, it's not just from people of the, the, the white background. It was also from like international Asians it was like oh but like so are you really Asian then so now you're just bringing me back to my identity <laughs> crisis and I was like hey like excuse me I was I'm meant to be the one that's like we've got similarity here but now it's like oh but you're not you're it's, it's funny because like I, there are like some in, I'm trying to be really careful about what I say here yeah, yeah, um, yeah. there are some international Asians that want to like integrate into um, the university experience but there are that mm. are completely fine with just sticking with their own clique and I think mm. um, in some ways that's on my part because I expected everybody to be as open as I am to socialize mm -hmm. and in some ways that was like a hard pill to swallow because it's like you know what some people just don't want to socialize and that's that's the that's the you know problem um, so yeah like yeah. I felt like I was like do you know what I'm going to uni but that's predominantly why like that's fine but you ain't got to treat me like this and like that and you know what I mean especially with coronavirus happening at the like second half of first year I was like no you guys are just <laughs> yeah uh, we know what you mean yeah yeah I feel like there's almost a um, negative stereotype of like international students as well which is very 
very mm. interesting because like you said you know like we're more similar than different technically you know like gene genome wise or whatever yeah. it is you're a biology <laughs> student you, should, you know better <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's really interesting um, hearing you say that, John, because um, so Elsa and I, so I study in Manchester and Elsa studies in London. And so obviously both of them have a very diverse population. And in terms of students, there's a lot of international students, a lot of Chinese international students, um, to be precise. And yeah, I think I've noticed that, you know, I think Mm. with kind of home students, there is this kind of... um, perception about international students about how they're very they kind of all stick in a bubble and they don't really want to kind of integrate into kind of university life Mm. which I think as you say it's some of them prefer to stay by themselves I think also because of a language barrier but there's also it's like kind of how but then as kind of BBCs it's also Mm. kind of how do we kind of welcome them into British culture as well because we kind of straddle these two um, but I guess actually I kind of wanted to ask you, do you see kind of yourself more as kind of, although as in this is kind of Jawa's dissertation, you don't have to be either kind of either or kind of British or Chinese, but how does that kind of, I guess, with your identity and being a BBC, yeah. especially at university, straddling those two kind of spheres? So like, so are you asking like which, which I like more aligned to? Yeah. And it kind of, in a, or, yeah, how that's changed. Or- if that's changed over time as well. Mm. So I think when I was younger, I think when I was younger, I was like, I am like the Chinese kid. Like I never really identified myself. Like I knew I was like a BBC, but like that was just like a cool lingo that you, you kind of use. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm like BBC and like, no, not the broadcasting like agency. <laughs> and it was like, so I, I, you know, like I said, like I grew on top of, um, I lived on top of a Chinese takeaway. I went to Chinese school. I had like, the people that I hung around with was Asian. So I was predominantly like, the first thing that you tick on on the kind of ethnicity form is like, oh, I'm Chinese. So when someone says like, oh, like, are you like more British? But then, like I said, like the perception is only realized for me when it comes from other people. And it's like, oh, but you're not like, but you're not Chinese. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause you grew up in like, you, you, you grew up in London, you grew up in England. So it's like, oh, but I am British, but then like, what what about me is like really British because I'm not welcome here either. Mm, mm. So I think if I was to, I don't know, I don't want to put percentages <laughs> on it or anything like that. But I think in some ways, everything is kind of rooted from my upbringing, like my environmental, um, in the way that I do things. So that is like very like Chinesey. But like if I was to go back to, you know, China, the things like from their perspective a lot of the things that I would then how how I act what how I how I speak Chinese and stuff like that is is very much rooted from like an English like British way um so in some ways I don't know maybe maybe, yeah like Joe says I'm I'm both I'm very indecisive I can't choose I feel like BBC is its own category not gonna lie you know what I mean I was gonna say like I remember going to Mm. like two different Asian societies because I'm part of Abacus at Kent but um so I went to like these two I'm not gonna say them because a bit peak but like I went and they none of them like spoke to me because I was BBC it was really really weird so like I would be excluded even though I was from that country I have and I was like that's so weird I have literally the same experience when I went to 
another society at my uni mm. and it was like you know they were all talking their like native language which is completely fine mm-hmm. but then it was like mm. you know I, yeah I have a I have the similar experience that's all I'm gonna say <laughs> so I guess what made you start your YouTube channel while you're at uni because obviously you do a lot of things you know you're in um part of the oriental society you obviously study and you know <laughs> so many things so like what made you start your youtube channel like when did you start the idea behind it um i i first started it well i i always wanted to do it like i've always been using like my computer webcam just as to pretend i was like you know an american youtuber um <laughs> as everybody does i i properly started it um when coronavirus kind of took hold and i was like look let me just do something with my time apart from studying um and then i just found that like I wanted to share more of my experiences like I'm I feel like I'm quite like open on the platform um I wanted to share like how I felt with like certain situations or how I'm doing in my course um I think that that is very like underrepresented in the in the media in general but especially on the YouTube space you don't really see many british like Asians um sharing their experience on what it's like um and and their university experience so in in some ways that's why I started it in other ways I just wanted to be like a creative outlet um I've always been like very kind of you know a science student you know you can't really get creative with science so I was like let me just make videos I really enjoy editing I like just you know being an, a source of entertainment for people um and yeah that's it you know, sorry, it's not like a deep answer. It's not like, oh, I found myself on YouTube. It's just like, it's just kind of why I wanted to do it, you know? Nah, yeah, I get you. Because honestly, you've, brought, <laughs> you've made me laugh so much. Like, I remember just watching, like, maybe like, I was 10 minutes into one of your videos. I don't even know how I stumbled across your videos. And then um, and I was like, yep, you're getting a new subscriber. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, I'm glad. I hope everybody feels like that when they stumble across my videos. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think what I think one that Joelle sent me and then I was literally in stitches was the one where um you know when they kind of, I don't know who it was but I guess you're like res life or something like they took all your things out of your kitchen when you were moving. <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah. I was what and it made me laugh so much. I felt so bad. I was like, I can't believe they did that. And I just literally like I just related to the whole thing like I was just like, oh god, uni life. It was one of those experiences where like I can't believe it happened and it's like I can't I don't know who to blame and it's like do you know what? I just need like a source and like an outlet to just to tell everybody like how angry I am um and then I you know put like a spinner did you get closure did you feel you get closure from it closure a lot of people say closure is quite you know you know underrated um maybe, maybe you can give a brief background uh, for those who are listening who might not know the story oh okay wow um so basically all my kitchen stuff got stolen um, on a very casual basis. So <laughs> I don't even know. So basically, um, I use I was going to stay in the same accommodation as first year and second year. So, you know, I common sense isn't that common, apparently. So <laughs> I use my so there's no point in me. Um, there was no point in me removing all of my stuff from the kitchen when I was going to be using that same kitchen cupboard um, in the in, in second year. So um, I put a notice on there saying, "Hey, don't move my stuff. I'm I've I've re I've like redone my lease. You know, I'm like I'm staying here the next year. Don't move my stuff. My accommodation now goes ahead and hires external cleaners to apparently do 
one 24-hour clean on my whole apartment um, and they decided to sweep out all of the stuff. And what doesn't make sense is that I was a first year and like a lot of the things that I bought was, you know, brand new, you know, I'm not out here destroying my chopping board. So just common sense, like as you're taking it out of the cupboard, would you not think like, oh, why am I throwing this away? This perfectly good rice cooker that cost me a lot of money. Why would you throw it away? As in they wiped everything clear, like all of my seasoning. That's what really got me. They removed my seasoning. <laughs> I was like... I was like, wow, they removed all of my Chinese tea, all of my chopsticks. Oh. Like, and what really hurt was that they moved, um, what they moved? They threw away all of like my sentimental cups. So like when I go to like a different country, I get like a different like cup. I know it's like whatever. But like I brought them to uni as like just like a sentimental thing from home and they just destroyed all of that. And that I'll never get back. So that's what really hurt. But then they were just like, oh. Um, so yeah, the closure was for anybody wondering um is that they basically just asked me to like list down all of the things that were in my cupboard and then that they'll amazon prime it for me Ooh. and boy i went off on that list i was like <laughs> the most expensive rice cooker with 10 settings mm, i got all hey. of that I, I got metal chopsticks as well listen i was so angry i got everything <laughs> back and more so yeah that's that <laughs> so, yeah. yes yes and you're enjoying all of your, you know, wholeheartedly. Stuff. Yeah, I got a twelve, twelve, um, twelve piece dinner set. I'm one person. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you shouldn't play with my stuff. You know what I mean? Don't, don't touch my stuff. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. Like, I just love it. I'm literally just like, I'll be going on my feed. I'll be like, oh, what's a new video? Oh, do you know what? Semester two, like, new videos are coming. I want to do more story times about uni, <laughs> but the position that I'm in right now, like, I don't know whether or not to, like, completely drag my uni across the floor. Like, I still want to graduate, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but then in some aspects, it's like, if not now, then mm. when? So, like, I think mm. I might still do the story just times do it. and just mm. put it out how's, Yeah, how's uni been for you, like, now that you're back home yeah um so i'm i'm actually on one of the courses that has to go back so i do biology which is like a health it counts as like a health related course so like i have to return back to campus for like labs um etc so i'm returning in a couple of weeks after like the first like introductory lectures but it's kind of like i feel like i'm living in like a twilight zone or something because it's basically like semester one all over again like all of the things are online for the first half of semester. Mm. They're being very optimistic about the second half of semester. Um, and, you know, we're in the kind of same position that we are as like a country, basically, than we was like five months mm. ago, which is quite disappointing, especially when it comes to like planning events for like Oriental society. We want to, like, <sighs> you know, socialise. Right, Phoebe? It's just too much. Like, how many online games night can you do? I know. They're actually so boring. <laughs> I actually can't hack it anymore. Right? And it's like... This is what coming from the president. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but yeah, in, in, in that aspect, like, uni life is quite um, boring. But then it's like, you know, you just got to make the most of it. You got to see the positives or else mm. you'll just go crazy. What about you guys? Are you guys all online? Yeah. <laughs> probably graduate online too <laughs> oh yeah you guys are third years you guys are third years yeah. wow any plans for, for post-graduation or, or is, it, is that a sensitive topic <laughs> let's not answer that <laughs> it's a taboo topic we don't talk about this 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, we're going to be a uh, fun and pride nice. after June, so that'll be fun. Also, I hear that you've been watching a Bling Empire. Oh, this is really my bag. Wow. Um, have you guys watched Bling Empire? <laughs> yeah, Elsa and I have. How, how have you guys found it? Honestly, got me in tears. <laughs> I was Wait. actually crying. <laughs> Wait, why? Why tears? Like, you know the ending, like the end, the last few, because I don't want to ruin it for Joelle or anyone who hasn't watched it yet, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Joelle and Lauren, you still need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I would 100% recommend to watch it. Like, it's literally, like, the trashiest TV. It's so trashy. It's so bad, but it's so good. It's like, mm. I think it's, like, the equivalent of, like, Keeping Up With The Kardashians, but, like, just the Asian version and, like, crazy rich Asians, like, in real life which is just so entertaining to see how people spend their money um, whilst you're in bed, like, you know, living off student <laughs> finance. It's just quite yeah. entertaining. Um, but yeah. If, who's wait, your... Yeah, who's your favourite character? Who's I want to ask you <laughs> Character, they're real people. <laughs> no, the ending was definitely scripted, Elsa. I thought that as well. <laughs> no, wait, what? Come on, that guy looks Girl. so uncomfortable. Yeah. That actually made me so uncomfortable. Yeah. It was the pause for me. It was it was the long the long drawn no, out. No, but you pauses. never know if it's like the editing that made it look long or I was like, just like nah nah nah. <laughs> it's gonna be real. This is reality. That's why they call it reality TV, isn't it? <laughs> I kind of like I like quite like Anna. I don't know why. A lot of people like Anna. I it's funny because I like Christine. <laughs> okay, cool. I love that toxic energy. <laughs> <laughs> this episode enter. I don't know. I just find Christine, like, she's just so petty in, like, such an entertaining way. Like, it's just so funny. I mean, I think, yeah, yeah. I think all of them have their own struggles yeah. as well, which um, definitely, I don't know, I kind of, like, empathise yeah. with them. Do you know who I don't empathise with? Who? BBG. What's his name? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Kevin. Because he's very, he's, like, painted out as this very, like, you know, obviously relative to other people, he's painted out as, like, a, such, like, a poor character. And it's like, Kevin, like, you're really not poor. Like, stop acting like you're from, mm. like, a low-income background. Do you know what I mean? Like, you didn't, like, stop. <laughs> but obviously, in, in comparison to, like, Christine, he's giving out, like, Cartier bracelets. Um, yeah. Yeah, imagine. Did you guys, oh, did you guys see, like, what happened on the, on the party boat? Didn't he lose a ring, Kevin? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I found that so hilarious. What's what's that guy's name? The one that everyone doesn't Kane. the one that everyone doesn't like. The one that was dating um Kelly. Kelly? Andrew. Andrew. Oh yeah. Oh I cannot with him. I was like, we gotta watch it. <laughs> you have to watch it. Anyways, for anyone who you, you have, have to watch, watch it. Yeah, you guys gotta watch it. <laughs> I hope it comes out of season two, that's all I'm saying. There has to be a season two. You know um AVG they're interviewing one of the cast I know Kelly. Yeah, Kelly. Listen. If ABG are listening to this and you're you're interviewing Kelly, like I don't really like Kelly. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't like her either. She's, She's not. You guys need to watch Bling Empire and then you need to watch like the th- the video on YouTube. It's like where are they now? It's like Kelly is still dumb. It's like yeah. girl, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, season, the season is over and you're still dumb. Like <laughs> anyways. But yeah, do you do you watch like any like Asian sort of I don't know 
TV. Oh, I live for your K-drama recommendations. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm, I'm really like, I just share them on my Instagram story. I'm like, whoever wants to take it, take it. Um, I recently, I finished The Uncanny Counter. I still need to watch that. <laughs> which is on Netflix. It's like, it just finished. Um, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like these four like supernatural like people. Anyways, more interesting. I finished Partners of Justice. It's really good. Very good. It's like a cross bridge between like a legal drama and a medical Ooh. drama. Lauren likes her medical dramas. I love medical dramas. Medical K-dramas are my thing. Right? I loved um, Hospital Playlist. <gasps> oh! Sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, the doctor in Hospital so Playlist with like his son. Son is so cute. I honestly, if I ever had a kid, if I had a kid half that half as cute as that child, like I think my life would be accomplished. But anyway, carry on. Right? It's just like I was just looking at him and like no, but the the, the father son interaction. I was just like I was welling up. I was like, oh, this is really quite emotional. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love like I'm kind of steering away from K dramas which have like a strong like romantic like storyline yeah, don't get me wrong i love like crash landing on you but that was probably the last like romantic thing i think that took all of the romanticizing out of me um <laughs> so yeah that's why i love um partners of justice because it's very like csi like if you love like csi okay, if you love like yeah, forensic so... scientists they brought it back for a second season hopefully a s which is very rare for K-dramas, right? Mm. Um, yeah. Hopefully a third season because it's really good. Like, it's just so addicting because the episodes flow from mm. one to mm. another. Um, Have you watched Stranger? Sky Castle. Ooh. I've watched Sky Castle. I haven't watched... What's, I don't know what Stranger is. Stranger is like a... I guess it's kind of like Partners of Justice. Less medical, just like the kind of legal, like, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, corrupt like people it's like really good like murder and everything like it's the storyline's really good but yeah sky castle so good sky castle i was like if i had this education then i would oh i have sorry i'm just looking at stranger yeah because that has that has that famous actress in it yeah i've i, I tried to get into it but it was very serious like the main character yeah. is very serious yeah i can't watch it it was, it was pretty good. <laughs> um, but yeah, Sky Castle, oh my gosh. Sky Castle is just so toxic, but it's like, if I had this educational background, where would I be right now? Um, no. But yeah, I, I, just, I don't know. I love toxic characters. Like, I like the... <laughs> is that why you like Christine from Bling Empire? <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Isn't it? Literally. Like, I love Christine. I love the um, the tutor. You know, the main woman that does oh all the Oh my God, I love like, Sky Castle. Her. Yeah. She's a bit crazy, but... She's crazy. Her her yeah. son, her child is very crazy. Like it just made me feel like, wow, like people can be so manipulative. Like obviously it's scripted, but like you know there are legit people who like this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough of the drama talk. <laughs> um, uh, I read the video that I really enjoyed on your YouTube video was uh, on your YouTube was your skincare, like your masks, face masks, and stuff, like. Tell us about your skincare routine. Like, you know, what, what's your current skincare routine? <laughs> oh my gosh, what a turn of events. Um, I, wait, so, what, so should I just go through my routine? Is this just yeah. like a yeah. get on ready with me with Vogue? How, how, many, how many steps do you have? I believe less is genuinely more. 
I think I think the whole like ten step routine is so like overrated and so unrealistic for a lot of people, especially mm-hmm. when if you're getting into skincare, you've normally had like skincare issues, so you're by you know piling on products after products, it's just going to be so irritating for your skin. And one thing I hate more than ever is when people who have never experienced acne or breakouts or like you know whatever try to give you advice because I used to have like really bad forehead acne and I was just like now's the time to get into skincare so right now I'm using um, a, a cleanser from the Inky List it's like salicylic acid cleanser I really love that Ooh. one um, I really like the Inky List line I love it more than the Ordinary the Ordinary is like just so taking overhyped notes, taking notes. Um, <laughs> it's just too much <laughs> so yeah I use that one from the Inky List and then my recent favourite from Black Friday, this past Black Friday, is Paula's Choice 2% BHA. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. So it's like a chemical exfoliant and you can use it like day and night. Um, I think everybody should use it because it's just so good for everything that most people have problems with. So whether you have like hyperpigmentation, texture, um, I'm going blank. <laughs> I'm going blank. <laughs> acne like it's just really good at like as like a daily exfoliant so if you're gonna like incorporate a toner and like a chemical exfoliant in one it would be for me it would be the Paula's choice like I don't I can't really can't see my skincare routine without it now um and then as a daytime moisturizer I use like any old moisturizer I use the currently I use the one from Bulldog I'm a big fan of that brand just because it's so like so straightforward you know Mm. what I mean like whatever's on their package is just there Mm -hmm. and then obviously sunscreen favorite sunscreen is La Roche-Posay and then at night time I use a night um a night moisturizer from Paula's Choice it's nothing special so Mm. I won't say the name but yeah that's it nice what's your what's your skin type my skin type is oily t-zone and then like normal um cheeks so like combination so yeah for a lot of Asians, it's like that. Oh, if you have, like, oily skin and you've never used a niacinamide, um, excuse me, you need to go get that, because I use... From the Inky List? From the Inky List, from either the Ordinary... I've, I've not tried the niacinamide and zinc one from the Ordinary, but a lot of people like that. But niacinamide is so good if you have oily skin. Like, you'll see a difference in, like, two weeks. Oh, just to, like, you know, disclaimer, I'm not a dermatologist, so don't come... <laughs> when If you have a breakout... <laughs> Our oh, reaction, I'm I'm not liable, please. <laughs> Illegal disclaimer. But yeah. Mm. And then for, like, masks, I love, like, a clay mask. I love a sheet mask. Um, mm. Anywhere, yeah. What about you guys? If you guys were to give, like, one skincare recommendation. Elsa, go. I don't know. Wait, you put me on the spot. <laughs> no, Elsa, basically, Elsa <laughs> at the start, like, recommended us the hyaluronic acid from The Ordinary. Yeah. So then we all started using it. Did you guys like it? Well, <laughs> so I, the one thing I would recommend, because I've got really dry skin, um, like my, my neck is like flaky, you know, like desert, <laughs> like it's parched. Um, <laughs> and the one thing that has actually saved it, I think this winter, I started using the Cosrx Hyaluronic Acid Moisturizer. So good. 
Um, and I definitely started using hyaluronic acid because I also recommended it from the ordinary. And that was mm. good, but it was only like a small, like little thing. So I use it like up so quickly because my neck is like, you know, mm. a desert. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the Cosrx um, hyaluronic acid moisturizer yes. is really good. That's the one thing I'd recommend. Oh, and also after we did our recording with Ting from Lengbox, I've learned that we need to double cleanse. So oil cleanser then normal gel cleanser or something yeah Yeah. Mm. nice i love hyaluronic acid it's like such especially if you have (laughs) especially if you have dry skin like hyaluronic acid is so good Mm -hmm. and especially if you put um a humidifier on in your room yeah because hyaluronic acid is a humectant so it will draw like literally like the moisture from the air and pull it into your skin so that's what it does. So always put on like a Ooh. cute little humidifier on. Or like um, wow. after hyaluronic acid, like if you have like a water like mist. That's a really oh good idea. Wow, I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> yeah. Mm. What about you, Lauren? What's your skincare recommendations? I mean, I feel like out of all of us, I am, I'm kind of one of those per- people that literally just wash their face with water for many Must years. Must be nice. Sorry, I know. It's like... The blessed I, one. I, I, am, I think I am the blessed one in this group. I never really had eczema or anything like that. But um, listening to you guys, I would say actually what I learned from um, from Ting, from um, Langbox, actually, actually, you should only have your sheet mask on for so I think it was what 15 to 20 minutes and after you should take it off because sometimes like I forget when I'm watching tv but actually you should like take it off after the recommended time like it does more because sometimes apparently it kind of draws I don't know makes it dry or something or draw all the benefits of it kind of wane away but yeah yeah do you love a good sheet mask love a sheet mask Elsa have you finished thinking about your recommendation oh yeah (laughs) Okay, so I'm, I'm quite simple, you know, I have like three go-tos. So the hyaluronic acid from The Ordinary, um, Body Shots Vitamin E Intense Moisture Cream, you know, 72 hours. There we go. And uh, Neutrogena, like the gel cream. Ooh. This is not an ad, but so should be. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> 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 oh, Imagine. Real. But anyway, yeah, I think, I think that's about wraps up our episode today um but yeah john why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you like plug yourself you know don't be be shameless <laughs> well um you can find me on instagram and youtube at large on la and around loughborough campus <laughs> <laughs> say hi <laughs> do you take do you take um autographs not currently um because it's you know it's, it's covid you know to keep your two meter distance um <laughs> But I I will do a cameo. Socially distant selfie. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, then, in that case, we will see everyone in our next episode. Definitely, like, check out all the links. We'll include it in the description and everything. So, yeah, go and follow John everywhere. <laughs> maybe um, not in person. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's maybe, creepy. Maybe not in person yet. Maybe not around last <laughs> Not <Brand>. yet. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Not yet, but thank you guys so much for having me. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, it's been really fun having you. Um, But yeah, so we will see everyone in our next episode. Bye. Bye. You just finished listening to an episode of Spill the Char podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to subscribe, share and leave a review on your favourite podcast player. Follow us on Instagram at spillthechar.pod. And we'll see you back on our virtual terrace on our next episode.
Bye.